this is one of the most immensely dangerous uh, aspects of theology that no one really refers to specifically as dangerous. If you walked into any Baptist church all the time, and if you know me well, I have a lot of quarrels with Baptist theology, and often so much so that I would not be surprised if I walked into particular Baptist churches, and if I was more famous than I am, they would automatically know who I was and perhaps possibly start a debate with me. But this continuous issue of structured church theology is very, very popular today, and unfortunately it's also favored by atheists and even agnostics and, of course, as I said, Baptists and a lot of Catholics also who don't exactly view themselves as particularly good Catholics. And really particularly we've seen that a lot of the time today in Hollywood as with the rest of a large amount of states within the United States, or at least I've seen it. So, of course, as I said before, it's the theology of cessationism. And now in the normal English terms, Cessationism is the theology that is not only ignored, but basically incentivizes that the spiritual gifts ceased with the death of the apostles, meaning that today the spiritual gifts don't actually happen, meaning that the idea of, say, a haunted house that you looked at when it comes to Halloween or when it comes to some sort of horror movie out there is actually not a real thing anymore, quote-unquote, which, however, that's supposed to make any sense at all. Either it's not real or it is real. There's nothing in between. But for some reason, a lot of people particularly accept this. And this is really a huge and largely accepted view from the theology of the Reformation. And it's always played a large part within the church of the Calvinists specifically and with Reformed Reformation-related denominations. John MacArthur, who is a world-famous writer and he wrote a lot of commentaries on the scripture, and they're actually very, very quite good. They're, they're very good reading. You should check them out if you just simply Google them in two seconds. But of course, not surprisingly, he's also a cessationist himself, as are many very, very widely known and excessively great preachers out there who are also, if you just simply look them up, they're completely directly against, say, Francis Chan and a lot of other people who have actually been flat out kicked out by churches just for the specific statement that they've witnessed spiritual gifts occur and that they've witnessed healings occur, which is both a Catholic and should be a very Protestant thing. Now, the first of the many reasons and the reason why people, of course, should particularly have a problem with this episode and the most needed reason and number one reason why the enemies of God will have a complete uh, ideology that hates this episode and hates anything I'm about to say is that it can't be noted as biblical. Cessationism just simply cannot be noted as biblical. Because not only does it uproot legitimately almost every aspect of Old Testament theology, it also makes the New Testament seem a lot less important. And we'll, and we'll actually get that uh, to that in a quote in a second actually by John MacArthur himself. But the first issue is that the Bible never, ever, 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 ever at any point mentions that the gift sees. Did you ever notice that? Did you ever notice that the spiritual gifts are never a claim to have stopped? Instead, they're actually 
futuristically, not futuristically in a alien invasion sort of way, but futuristically, and maybe that's the wrong word, but futuristically in a way that they are prophesied to happen, say, years and years and years from now. Maybe hundreds of years from now, but they're literally prophesied in the future. So why exactly would you say that they won't happen currently? If it's prophesied to happen in the future, it's going to happen again. So it obviously exists. And of course, a cessationist would acknowledge this. But they just don't agree with the proper proponent of when they occur, when they happen. Number two, it limits the Holy Spirit. And this is basically the first thing that a theologian will tell you who has an issue with this theory, which 100% everyone should have a straightforward issue with this theory. But it not only limits the Holy Spirit based on human conclusion, but it also limits or limits what people can actually do through God. It limits this God-human connection. And of course, when I say God-human connection, I'm obviously not referring to some type of cult scenario where people become gods on planet wherever. That That's not at all what this type of situation is discussing. But it limits what people can do on the base of authority. And obviously, this is a big thing with the priesthood, too. And this is a big thing where Protestants go against it. They say you can't specifically say some sort of statement to cast out a demon. That that's actually a viewpoint that people hold that I've literally overheard or that I've talked to outside of church. Despite the fact that that's literally what the disciples did. And that's what they advocate for by certain means. Which, first thing, that doesn't make any sense, but... Then you have the whole problematic factor as to why did the gift cease with the death of the apostles. Really, that forms a whole other cult right there. And it's a very dangerous measure to apply to when it comes to whether or not we're priests, whether or not we're specific apostolic apostles, which we are to a certain extent, but obviously not in a Godhead sort of way. We command the Holy Spirit but not in a way where we are the Holy Spirit. And of course, that's not saying that we command God to do things. We are just simply referencing God in order so that God does something on our behalf. It's more of a behalf basis. And thoroughly, yes, the cessationists do have a point when it comes to God moving on our behalf, because they would agree with that as well. But what they don't agree with is the fact that God grants us that authority today, which if you look at it from this situation and this standpoint, the only thing, the only possible process that you could come up with is that what they're saying is unbiblical. Now, of course, we have to ask ourselves this assumption too. Why would, this, why would the gift cease? Why would they even have an acknowledgeable reason to cease? What's the real argument here besides stepping towards complete agnosticism and atheism. On top of that, why would every type of group known to man, literally every single type of culture and every single type of potential culture that could be formed or constructed by either man, deity, or God himself argumentably, disagree with this conception? Even UFO 
even UFO cults that legitimately have the strangest acknowledgments, the strangest ideologies around, still have this notion. They still have the ideology that there's some sort of God-centered, gifted connection between us and a creator. They still say that. Just on the sense that the Godhead creator might be some sort of unseeable green Martian manhunters or something like that. But really it comes down to authority. It comes down to the ability to overwhelm through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of Christ and through the power of God. For the most part, people aren't overall comfortable with the idea of having authority. But the reality check everyone needs to process is that God quite literally requires us to have authority over the earth via the Old Testament in Genesis, but he requires us to have leadership to have authority over evil spirits, and of course not the other way around. You gotta ask yourself the question, what else is there for us to do to combat the enemy but spiritual gifts? That's another important assertion. What else can we possibly do? Because the only thing that it comes down to is that we can't do anything but read a book. We can't do anything but read literature. And quite obviously, there's very, very evil literature out there. So in order for us to have any authority, we have to actually read good holified literature to therefore have authority over the negative authority. Now very quickly let's go over some quotations here on the cessationist side or potential at least cessationist side of thinking because really oftentimes altogether those who have a very high ranking in the theology world of debate still in their own quotations and their own thinking they can sometimes sound as if they're in favor of certain theologies but exactly 45 seconds later they'll tend to say something that contradicts themselves and, and often this is an atheist's perspective of why the Bible isn't holy of where, of where people say well this book was written by man it was just specifically written by man so there's nothing there but of course the fact of the matter is if the Bible actually does have a holified connection to God then it's quite obviously the only thing we should be reading. Of course, perhaps some acknowledgeable books on the side, perhaps on chemistry. I know I don't know enough about that sort of thing like other people. But there's authority in statements. And there's authority in biblical structure as well. Again, authority in evil structure, theology and literature. So in order to make sense of that, let's ask Mr. John Arthur exactly what he thinks about the spiritual gifts idea. We'll go through three quotes very fast uh, using our friend Mr. MacArthur. So quote number one says, you know what happens when you hear the word and don't apply it. You're living in a delusion. You're deceived by your true spiritual condition. Now of course, I do in fact agree that pretty much all of society today lives in a delusion. In fact, TikTok might as well be renamed delusion, and Instagram and Facebook might as well be renamed delusion, 
course, they wouldn't, wouldn't exactly go for that particularly, and they probably wouldn't particularly enjoy me saying that here on Facebook in particular. Hopefully this doesn't get taken down for offensive material. But obviously, using the terminology of spiritual condition is useful, but I would probably go for the idea particularly of spiritual continuation. Of course, I obviously am a continualist. It's very, very, very obvious of that. And continualism is the direct opposite of cessationism. Of course, making that completely obvious. Cessationism means to cease continually. Some means to continue. And quite literally just saying cease is enough to make an atheist or agnostic lose focus and as a result think that Christianity is in fact not important anymore. And of course there's also the spiritual connection of continualism to often be connected, well not primarily to the occult particularly, but there's, what's the word, I was trying to look for a condition here. Spiritual condition is something used particularly by new ageists. You know, what type of spiritual condition are you in currently today? Well, you can meditate and improve your spiritual condition. Or perhaps you could get new crystals and improve your spiritual condition. There's numerous amounts of theology on that. By simply saying spiritual condition, you could in fact add on to new ageism or make someone believe new ageism. But still at the same time, spiritual continuation could potentially do that. But there again, the highlighted need to know authority. That's specifically important here. And of course, the Bible communicates authority over and over and over again, which is why we need to have it. Which is why, therefore, the spiritual gifts exist. Now, quote number two from MacArthur. And I think this was from perhaps two years ago, five years ago, perhaps I'm just completely wrong. But it says, Satan continues his efforts to make sin less offensive, heaven less appealing, hell less horrific, and the gospel less urgent. And now argumentatively here, this might in fact be one of his best quotations ever, argumentatively. And it's a very realistic quote that's much needed today. But the critique here is in fact that we as imperfect followers of Christ are not going to be able to succeed in doing the opposite action of making sin all the more offensive and heaven overwhelmingly appealing. Of course, while we make hell the most horrific place imaginable and of course the gospel the most urgent if we are not knowing Christ in the reality of the Holy Spirit. And quite realistically, if the Holy Spirit just stopped functioning, then exactly why do we still have identity in God? Why do we have identity in God at all if one part of the Trinity just stopped working? That's very, very, very borderline to some insanely, not only Hellenized ideas in the early church, but insanely opposite when it comes to the viewpoints of the, of the Bible. Now, quote number three, this will be the last one. 
Listen, the only time the church has made any spiritual impact is when the church has stood firm, uncompromised, unwavered, and boldly proclaiming the truth right into the face of the enemy. Now, of course, again here, this involves action. And exactly how are we going to do that action, again, if the Holy Spirit just stops functioning? There's no action anymore. There's no spiritual impact, obviously, straightforwardly, if there's no spiritual impact to begin with. The question answers itself. Really, quite honestly, need I say more about this? What honestly does this sound like? How are we actually able to say anything in the face of the enemy? If, again, we don't have this authority. Don't we, of course, need first a spiritual connection to God and, again, a sense of acknowledgement of spiritual authority? Otherwise, it's just simply standing firm and dying. Otherwise, nothing does really matter when it comes to the apostles dying under the Roman Empire or quite anyone dying under persecution. By the way, why does persecution matter either to begin with? Because obviously there's a connection to God through the persecution. So by this reference, there obviously has to be not only a personal connection to God, but a spiritual one. Quite literally, if we don't have spiritual gifts, all we have to go on quite clearly is speech. And quite unfortunately, Speech is the first manipulated aspect of society ever since history began. And it's, of course, and I've said this before, the most manipulated aspect and the first manipulated aspect literally by the devil. That is why, obviously, the spiritual gifts are a real thing, always have been a real thing, and are still a very real thing. And I'll leave it there for now. I will be talking about new breaking religious issues as well as usual this week and also we will also start with a cult episode first take care talk to you shortly